1: Hi, everyone, and welcome to Finding Your Bliss, a show that helps you find and follow your bliss. Today, we are focusing on coping strategies to help you all in these very challenging times. On today's show, we have the perfect person to do that. Allison Panzer is a clinical counseling hypnotherapist who specializes in mindfulness-based therapies, we all need a little guidance and support at certain times in our lives, and this is definitely one of those times. Also on today's show, we have Ellen Chakoff, a lawyer by training who is also a writer and a community leader. She will be on the show today in a new segment called Ask Ellen. And finally, later in the show, our featured artist of the week, the very talented singer, Roseanne Agassiz. All of this coming up, but first, I'm happy to introduce you to our first guest, Alison Panzer. Alison is a clinical counseling hypnotherapist, a clinical social worker, cognitive behavioral therapist specializing in mindfulness-based therapies and yoga psychotherapy. And as she says, life is a delicate balancing act. Sometimes we need a little guidance and support to maintain it. Allison helps people find coping strategies to feel better and to embrace positive change through evidence-based therapeutic practices including cognitive behavioral therapy CBT, mindfulness-based stress reduction MBSR, mindfulness-based cognitive therapy MBCT, a lot of letters, (laughs) and now yoga, (laughs) yoga psychotherapy. Since beginning her social work career in 1996, she's been providing individual, couples, family, and group therapy. Her extensive experience has placed her in various settings, which have included St. Michael's and Sick Kids Hospitals, family health care clinics, and community agencies. She graduated with four degrees and continues to apply her extensive education, experience, and passion to individuals living with mental and medical health challenges. We're so happy to have Allison Panzer here today. Allison, welcome to Finding Your Bliss.
2: Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here.
1: This is so great. I've been waiting to do this interview for a while. So I'm so thrilled that we finally were able to make it happen. Alison, I've heard emergency room doctors say they've never seen anything quite like this. What is your take on COVID-19 and its impact on everyone?
2: Well, first of all, let me begin by saying none of us were prepared for this. (laughs) So we knew kind of that it was on its way in. We weren't sure when. And then very, very quickly it hit us and we were told, okay, everybody, you need to stay home. What I found was the first week everybody seemed to be, okay, we can do this. You know, and everyone was almost excited about it. You know, we got this. um, And they started to cocoon themselves in the way that they possibly could. Second week was like, you know, okay, continuing. We need to put into routine and still kind of coasting, but wanting to get out more. And then, you know, getting out into the parks and, and trying to do what they could to just stay afloat. Third week, I've been noticing increased anxiety increased depression, increased suicidal thoughts, um, lots more domestic violence, um, families are having difficulties, people are becoming claustrophobic, um, and they're having a hard time, and they want out. Mm So we're going into, I I think this is just ending our fourth week, um, and I'm getting busier. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah, and I'm just, so so grateful to be able to be here to help people it's very interesting also how people are digging into their resilience to try to get through all of this so i'm seeing more and more resilience also popping up um and Mm -hmm. uh people are just starting to be like okay what do we do next where do we go from here um and so, you know, for me it's been very interesting because again, with the routine that we have, have organized here in our home, uh, it's been it's been going really pretty well. We're just we're just coasting. Mm-hmm. And so I've started to write. And I haven't had time to write. So I'm really excited to be able to write. And and like even the middle of the night, my mind is coming up with new thoughts of, oh, this is my next article. This is my next article. And so, and as I'm doing so, (laughs) I'm, I'm excited to really become even more engaged with everybody out there so that we can talk. And we need to talk. And we need to move. And we need to
1: connect. That's fantastic. Thank you. I I just wanted to ask if you could speak to the claustrophobic piece, because I think that's very typical for a, a lot of us. What are some other things that you're advising your patients with regards to that feeling of claustrophobia that they're just so cooped up, they don't know where to turn?
2: So number one, claustrophobia falls under the anxiety umbrella. Um, And when we're feeling claustrophobia, we are just, you know, sometimes what happens like an anxiety or a panic attack or when we're just feeling very, very stressed out, our heart rate goes up, uh, we begin Mm -hmm. to sweat, uh, our breath really begins to increase and we start to feel really, really um, almost helpless at times, you know, and like the walls Mm -hmm. are just closing in. And so... What's really important when we're starting to feel that way is to number one, recognize it. Mm -hmm. Number two, accept it. Because we're gonna, that's gonna happen, you know. And we're all in this together. And we're going to start to feel like the walls are closing in at times. So when we accept that those feelings right away, then we give ourselves permission to get to the other, begin to get to the other side of it. So the third thing to do is to move. Start moving, changing up the atmosphere. Start moving the body, which is number one in terms of having those synapses in our brains start talking to each other to help us to begin to get out of this uh, those feelings of feeling claustrophobic um and so you know just changing rooms walking around the house opening the door out uh, the front door the back door just going outside um and as you said going for a walk walking around the block uh, pretty soon hopefully we can even get in, get on our bicycles um but for the days that we are inside and not able to do things um if you know, just just coming into a place where you can even get your heart rate up, and that might mm-hmm. mean um, if you have stairs in your home, you can go up and down the stairs several times. If you have stairs in your building, go up and down the stairs there, and you'll find that even after three, five, ten flights that you take, you're already feeling better. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: So fantastic. Eh? That, that is a wonderful, wonderful bit of advice. And I'm even thinking for people who might be in apartments on higher floors to maybe just open a window, just get some fresh air from the window. That could even be absolutely, you know, a little refreshing, you know, breath of air will help. Many of us also, and this is what I'm hearing, are finding this hard to process, not even the social distancing element and the staying at home, but the suffering that people are undergoing, the fear around all of that. And of course, the countless people who have died from this terrible virus. What can we do when we feel like we are not in control at all? Because this can be very frightening for people.
2: So it's a really good question. And I just um, wrote a bunch about what we have control over and what we don't have control over. Because there is so much, yes, so much that we don't have control over right now. Um, What we do have control over uh, is to move through our days moment to moment To moment, um, because we don't know what's going to be, you know, later or tomorrow or next week or next month. So it's if we're able to practice presence, um, then we're not going to get in in our own way of catastrophizing what might be because we don't have any answers. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the things I -hmm. think is most important in terms of what we do have control over. We do have control over um, how we spend our days. You know, if we're able to put a routine together, Mm -hmm. who is it that we want to connect with online um, and how can we make that happen? There are so many platforms now where we can connect with people and i think that's really important as i'm saying that as well i'm also reflecting on uh the first week where i was on the on some one of those platforms like zoom every single night we're having get togethers we're having coffee time we're having tea time we're having cocktail, cocktail parties, parties right, right.
1: <laughs> yeah and, <laughs> and it was like wow
2: this is yeah. great you know but then i started to find by by day 6 i'm like I was like wanting to go away from the screen because I was feeling socially exhausted. And then I realized... I don't do this every day. I don't socialize and go to parties yes. every single night.
1: It's so, a Saturday night. You you would ne- it's true. You would never go on to a cocktail party Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Thursday, right? It's too much, <laughs> right? That's exactly. So, so finding
2: that balance um, is really important. Really important, and that is again something we have control over. You know, finding that balance, defining the balance, um, and and moving. And so the workplace and life, work-life balance, I think it's important to also know that it's really easy. And I'm hearing this from, from my patients, my clients every day, how they are working round the clock because they're home now. Um, and so they are constantly wired in and they're constantly working and their stress levels are going up. So what I'm telling everybody is, it's really important that you protect your time, that you find that time where, okay, I'm working nine to five, and then that's it. Right? Or whatever that time is, making sure to insert breaks during the day, taking your lunch away from your computer. So Really, really defining what that balance looks like and then maintaining it.
1: You mentioned before the interview um, a, a talking about how to access self-compassion, positive thoughts, and that awesome energy inside of you. What are some ways that we can do that?
2: Again, that as I was talking about that downtime, I think is important. Making sure mm-hmm. that you're taking time to go for a walk, taking time for meals, taking time for exercise. uh I'm a big yogi, so I, you know, I, I love yoga and I think that uh, just that movement, that moving meditation is important. Meditating is, is really important. And so, and there yes. are so many opportunities that are online right now that are free where we can come into a place where we are really, really, really reconnecting with ourselves so we can nourish our, our, our bodies our emotions our soul our everything we need to do that to to feel good inside so that we can be you know continue to be able to move through the challenges with everything we don't have control over um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and kind of you know take some time to reflect Of what's been working Mm -hmm. and what's not been working. Um, Because I think that for all the hard, you know, work that we've been doing, uh, we've been on a treadmill, Mm -hmm. we've been on a treadmill, and we've lost Mm -hmm. sight of where that pause button is. Um, Mm -hmm. And so this is an opportunity where that pause button has been hit for us. And so we have a chance Mm -hmm. to reset. Um, and, And I think this is a very, this is almost a, in its own little crazy way. It's kind of like a gift.
1: I, I so agree with everything you're saying. So where I get stuck is when it comes to people suffering, people being alone, people dying. I how do you what do you say to your patients, your clients about that whole aspect that is that is very real right now, that there are people who are dying. There the news is frightening and we just want it to stop. We just want, you know, that vaccine to be found that cure or treatment or cocktail or whatever to be created so that this can stop. And I'm talking really about the suffering, not so much the social isolation and the, the the social distancing and the staying at home. We can deal with that, but the, the actual virus, the actual illness. So, and that is, I guess, something we can't control. We just have to pray and everyone has to do their part. But do you have any advice for people who are just that th- that's where the sadness and the grief is yes. that there are people who are suffering people who are dying and for me the worst thing is imagining people being alone with all of this is is beyond
2: yeah it's it's really scary it is uh, first of all to acknowledge that this is a very 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 scary time um And the world is going through this all together. And there is so much unpredictability, and we don't know what's going to be. And we don't, um, for those who are living on their own... And, and maybe even have family members who are in the hospital where they can't see them, they can't be with them, um, oh, okay. which I can't even imagine what that must be like. And some of them are passing. And oh my gosh, you know, my heart goes out to all of you who who have lost, you know, family members and friends and, and people who are so near and dear to you. Um, and so for all of those who are experiencing um this loss um and this fear of the potential of of you know losing somebody taking uh taking care of yourselves right now is really really important um and, and what that looks like is what i kind of call the an oxygen mask so that you are taking this time to take that oxygen for yourself as if uh you know when when you're let's say you're in an airplane and you're and you're traveling and you're being told to put an oxygen mask if the altitude falls and 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 you are taught how to do it and how to, you know, tighten the strings and all that. But you know, the flight attendants also say if you're traveling with somebody who needs assistance, whose mask are you gonna tighten first? Um and the answer of course, as we all know, is you've got to tighten your own first because we've got to be looking after ourselves if we are able, if we're going to be able to be there for our children, for our family members, for those who are really going through this and who have been affected uh, to the best of our ability. So we have to look after ourselves. And the way we 're doing that is is through meditation and movement and reaching out and connecting um, as often as we possibly can. Um, and I can't say enough about movement by the way um, evidence does show that in terms of efficacy um, in working with uh, people who are grieving who are you know living with anxiety who are living with trauma and we're all kind of living with trauma right now um, at different levels especially for those who are being deeply impacted by loved ones who are in the hospital and fighting for their lives keeping in mind the efficacy of what works to help us to get through these moment-to-moment periods of our lives. Number three are the pharmaceuticals that are prescribed and all those medications that are prescribed. Um, Number two in terms of efficacy are all the acronym therapies that you began this show with today, the CBT, the mindfulness, the uh, yoga psychotherapy, all of those things that are evidence-based. So those are number two. But number one is breath and movement and so when we start when we're getting into a place where we are feeling profound sadness and and maybe perhaps loss and anxiety and all of those challenges that that are that everybody is feeling right now begin with the breath begin by finding your breath and when i say that Deep inhales, slow exhales, right? So the way where it actually is nurturing you, you're actually inhaling something you need, you're exhaling something that you don't, and then move, and then start to move.
1: Beautiful. What beautiful advice. Before the show, Allison, you wrote to me that the famous Victor Frank quote, when we are no longer able to change a situation, we are challenged to change ourselves. Why do you love this quote so much and what does Mm -hmm. it mean for you?
2: First of all, I think Viktor Frankl was brilliant. Um, And for those of our listeners uh, who don't know about Viktor Frankl, I hope you will get to know him. He was a psychiatrist from Austria who was able to get through the Holocaust um, with, with pr- purpose and meaning in, in his heart and in his mind and in his, in his behaviors. And so, everything that he did in living in Auschwitz, for example, he was able to get through because he said, you know what, I'm going to get to the other side of this because bottom line is, I'm going to see my wife again. So that was his purpose and meaning, and so while he couldn't change um, you know anything that was going on in, in the, during the Holocaust and all the events that were um, occurring in his life and around him, and of course all the atrocities that we know that happened in these camps, he couldn't control so much, so much of that, but he could control. You know what was going on inside of him, um, and thus that that dis, that purpose and meaning that he was able to connect to helped him get to the other side of it, and he lived to the ripe old age of eighty something so um, for, wow. for us, you know we have no control over what 's going on with this covid nineteen situation I'm, you know it 's big it 's huge this pandemic is beyond our control in so many ways. But we do have so much control of ourselves. And, and again, so many of the things that we're talking about today, you know, again, beginning with, okay, this really hurts. I'm really suffering. My family is really suffering. And that's okay to feel this way. So beginning with mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. permission to allow ourselves to feel that so that we can begin to come to the other side. Thich Nhat Hanh, who is this wonderful Buddhist monk, um, says you know, that human beings are wired to suffer. So if we're wired to suffer and that's who we are, right, it's okay to lean into it. Because once we lean into it and we nurture it and we look after ourselves, then we can allow ourselves to get to the other side.
1: Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. What what are some of the positive, inspirational things that you've been seeing as you walk around your neighborhood? Mm-hmm. You mentioned that to me before the the interview, and that was so fascinating.
2: Um rainbows in everybody's windows is always really (laughs) so nice Um, (laughs) you know and then they have this big Easter bunny hunt all over our neighborhood during Easter time (laughs) um, (laughs) which is great and then of course at 7 30 every night hearing the clanging still to this day you know all around our neighborhood you know as people are recognizing and thanking all the frontline workers and the truck drivers and all the people who are working so so hard to support all of us. Um, so it's been very, very heartwarming to see all that. Um, what I would like to do is actually take out uh, my son's guitar and go outside on the sidewalk and start to have a little jam session, which would be kind
1: of fun. <laughs> um, yeah. How can people contact you again, Allison?
2: Uh, through my email address, Allison. Dot at Gmail.com. Um, and also, if they want to look me up on our Continuum website, that is usually where I work. It's a wellness clinic. Um, and so, if they want to look me up and find out more information about me, please visit www.continuumwellness.ca um, and you'll be able to find me there as well.
1: That's wonderful. You also sent me a poem, Words of Loving Kindness in the Days of COVID-19, a beautiful poem. May you be happy and content. May you be safe and protected. May you be healthy and strong. May you be free from suffering and live each day with peace. And I want to leave that with our listeners and with all of us, because that's a beautiful mantra to say maybe to yourself every day and to each other. What is bliss for Allison Panzer right now?
2: I think right now, you know, every single morning I get up, I move through my mornings very 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 quietly and slowly. And by 9:30, I'm either climbing those stairs mm-hmm. <laughs> or or I'm on, I'm on my yoga mat and I'm either following some of my favorite Instructors on Instagram, or I'm doing my own practice with my favorite music. So for me, my favorite meditation is to be able to do um, a yoga flow. And when I close my eyes and I am moving through that yoga flow, and I spend about an hour on my mat, when I finally come down onto my mat and I come into Shavasana, where I'm lying down on my back. I'm feeling, I'm just feeling cleansed. I'm feeling detoxed. I'm feeling at peace and I'm feeling very grounded and I'm feeling very blissful.
1: (laughs) I love that. What beautiful advice. I want to thank you, Allison Panzer, so much for being here today. It's really been wonderful having you and I hope you'll come back again because this has been just fantastic. Thank you, Judy. Thank you. We're going to go to a short commercial break. When we come back, we will be introducing a new segment called Ask Ellen with Ellen Shakeoff. Back in a moment. We are back, and this is Finding Your Bliss on Zoomer Radio AM 740, FM 96.7, and I'm so happy to welcome to Finding Your Bliss my good friend, Ellen Chakoff with the Ask Ellen segment. A lawyer by training, Ellen Chakoff now spends her time volunteering in the community and writing. She is married to David, is the mother of three boys, and is fiercely proud of her friendships. Ellen is also a very close friend of mine. And in fact, when we began this radio show, one of the original segments in mind was a segment called Ask Ellen. And we're finally trying this out for the first time today. You may ask why we've named the segment Ask Ellen. And that is because I always ask Ellen for her advice. But we do this because she is a very wise and thoughtful person who really does give the best advice about life, love, relationships, career, and really everything. And she's also a wonderful person person whom I'm happy to call my very dear friend. Ellen, welcome to Finding Your Bliss on Zoomer Radio.
0: Thanks, Judy. Thanks so much for having me today.
1: Ellen, whenever anyone knows that we're friends, they're often very surprised as we're very different on the outside and yet very much the same on the inside. Can you elaborate on that?
0: I think it's very true. We often elicit a lot of uh, shocking reactions (laughs) when people find out that we're friends. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with your very Warm, soft demeanor, very friendly, very open. I'm a little bit more closed. Um, and I also think that you tend to look at the world through rose-colored glasses, which is great. I kind of have some dark shades on a little bit. So I think um, that could, that's one way to describe the difference.
1: And yet, I think the common denominator is that basically we're both very good people, and I think that not not to, to self praise <laughs> self praise is no recommendation, as they say, as my late father used to say, actually. But we we are both good people who uh, are very much the same in in terms of our values, and I think that's where the, where the friendship is very strong.
0: For sure, we have definitely a set of aligned aligned values. And, and our friendships are important to us. Um, I'm really selective about the people that I tend to uh, bring into my inner circle. You're certainly one of them. And um, I'm proud of that. So,
1: And it's an honor. and I And I feel very grateful. I have to tell you, very, very grateful to have you as a very, very dear friend who's more like a relative sometimes. I always go to you, Ellen, when there's something happening in the world, or I ask you about a medical problem. And you usually say, I'm not fussed by this at all. I'm not worried about it. But this time was different. When March 14th rolled around and it it appeared that COVID-19, this pandemic was really coming into our backyard. This wasn't just a story anymore about uh, Italy and Wuhan and and, uh, New York and Spain. This was really coming into our very own backyard in Canada. Can you explain what was different for you this time when, when this started to happen? What your take is on the COVID-19 pandemic?
0: Sure. I mean, I came at it from a bit of a different perspective because I'm living in New York. Uh, my husband and I have been living there for the past year and a half. Um, going back and forth a lot, spending a week, a month in Toronto, but being in New York a lot. So on March 9th, 10th, I was still in New York. And I watched New York in the beginning of March be full of people that were had a lot of bluster, as New Yorkers tend to do. Hmm isn't going to affect us. It's not so bad. They were still going out, going to the opera, going to the theater. And in fact, my husband dragged me to the opera, you know, a day before we ended up coming home. Well, so what was the opera?
1: What was the opera?
0: The opera was La Traviata, the Metropolitan Opera, which is, I never liked opera, but the spectacle was pretty amazing. Wow. Um, but I sat there very nervous. It had already sort of, COVID had already started. And um, anyway, I got out of there before my husband did. I came home on March 10th or 11th. I can't remember. Um, And I knew right away it was something serious, like certainly never anticipated what was going to happen in New York, but the density there, it just was, you know, it was a real lightning rod for the virus. Anyway, when I got home, (laughs) I saw how serious it was and I wasn't panicked by any means. I didn't, you know, I wasn't fearful for my own safety, um, but I did think it was something to be really concerned about. And I thought mm-hmm. it was something to take seriously and stay home. Mm-hmm. I thought it was, as I wrote in the piece that, that you posted on your blog, on your uh, findingyourbliss.com, mm-hmm. I, I really felt that it was an easy ask um, mm-hmm. for those of us that could. We had heat, we had food, we had warm beds. Mm-hmm. Um, just stay home. Try to think of someone else for a change. And don't think of yourself. Mm-hmm. It's not so hard to stay home.
1: Mm -hmm, Absolutely. Um, As you said, Ellen, you wrote an excellent article for our online magazine, www.findingyourbliss.com, all about coping mechanisms during this pandemic. How are you coping and what are some of your top coping tips during this new normal that we all find ourselves in?
0: So we're sort of four weeks into lockdown, as we like to call it around here. And aside from just eating our faces off, which is what my family seems to be doing. I have two sons that are living here with me in their 20s, and all we do is eat. Um, Pretty cool. But,
1: and Ellen's a great cook, everyone, so, so I, can, I, I can understand this.
0: I was just reading an article about the quarantine 15. It's like the freshman 15. Everyone's right. talking on 15 pounds. Right. Really nice. To know. Anyway, in terms of coping, one of the things I try to do, and I talked about it in the pieces, is, is find the positive. Um, it's scary. Everybody's anxious. But the positive is we're safe. If we just follow the instructions, we can flatten the curve um Mm -hmm. that's finding the positive is one thing the other thing is limiting my news uh intake Mm -hmm. there's so much information out there and it's very easy to get sucked into checking cnn or abc news whatever it is you check wall street (laughs) journal which is one that i like um (laughs) new york times the globe and mail and you just get these highs and lows. You're anxious one minute, then you read a, a good news story and you feel good. And and it's a terrible cycle to to get yourself into. So yeah, rule number one: There's no reason to sleep with your phone in your bedroom. Hmm. No reason at all. The temptation <laughs> to look at the phone in the middle of the night is strong and. There's absolutely nothing to be gained from that. So the phone stays mm-hmm. downstairs. Phone should always be in another room, and I <laughs> the kids the same thing. I
1: don't want. I don't, wanna, I don't interrupt, but I'm laughing because. I, so here's one of the differences between me and Ellen. I write my best posts at four in the morning on yeah. at the bluest minute on Instagram. I do sleep with my phone is attached at the hip to yeah. me, but therein yeah. lies the difference. There's there's one of the differences right yeah. there.
0: <laughs> I mean, you know, co- tools and how to deal with it. You got to push down the anxiety. You got to find the positive and and you have Mm -hmm. to uh, look for the silver lining. And in some cases, the silver lining is your family's home with you. In some cases, that's not a silver lining. Um, In mine, it happens to be. But um, there are tons of people that are alone Mm -hmm. and you feel for them and tons of people suffering financially, physically. Mm -hmm. It's a terrible situation, but you can't stay mired in that muck. You have Mm -hmm. to find the positive and you have to move forward Mm -hmm. and think about gratitude and try to do something productive. Try to go for a walk every day. Try to cook something interesting. Try mm-hmm. to reconnect with old friends. Mm-hmm. Zoom. Just phone somebody. It's, there's so mm-hmm. many ways that you can connect with people. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a real coping mechanism also.
1: That's brilliant. Before the show, when we were in the green room, uh, just talking before we went on the air, and I, when I say green room, of course, I'm referring to the online virtual green room. You mentioned to me, this is not Rwanda. And this is not the Holocaust. And you told the story about a Holocaust survivor and what his reaction was to all of this.
0: Right. I was reading um, a piece uh, on a website and it, they quoted a couple of Holocaust survivors. Some of them are having terrible flashbacks. And, but this one man, it really struck me when they asked him how he felt about the situation. He said, I'm not happy about having to be alone for the Passover holiday. But all I can think of, and I tell my friends, do you have a piece of bread? Do you have a blanket? Do you have a bed? Be yeah. grateful. No one is coming to kill you. you know, so you can always look for the positive in a situation. I found that completely inspiring. Yes, we have blankets and beds and food and really mm-hmm. be grateful
1: absolutely you you mentioned you touched on this. this has been very hard for people to process, and for me, one of the most difficult aspects is knowing that there's people alone, people who are suffering, even more who are dying all over the world. so the fear and the anxiety and even the sadness that Marion Williamson talks about um you know the grief and the sadness is immense to when we when we think about the people who are really suffering the most and and also even the um, healthcare care workers, the frontline people who are putting their lives at risk every day, the fear around what it must be like for them, uh, those brave souls going to work every day, and then all of the essential workers who are keeping us all alive. By staying at home, is that the main thing we have control over? What else can we be doing?
0: Sure. I mean, the main thing, as you said, is to stay home. I mean, that's what we're being asked to do. We're being asked to not go out and nothing aggravates me more than seeing people going about their lives as if nothing's happening. Mm -hmm. It's just a a very selfish way to be. Um, Mm -hmm. I think we need to be empathetic and we need to feel for all those people that are suffering, like the healthcare workers, um, Mm -hmm. like the people that are sick. And I think (laughs) that empathy is so important, but I also think it's important not to get stuck in that, not to spend the whole day feeling that negativity Mm -hmm. because you'll just be paralyzed. So Mm -hmm. you have to find something productive to do. And Mm -hmm. whether it's donating, if you can afford to, whether it's um, reaching out and telling people how grateful you are for what they're doing, uh, whether it's being Mm -hmm. a positive force on your social media instead of bringing people down and Mm -hmm. criticizing. Um, There was a lot of criticism recently about the Gal Gadot video uh, where they started to sing Imagine. Um, and people are just, Oh, these entitled celebrities, they don't care. They don't understand. You know what? They were trying. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying it was the most brilliant idea. Um, but it was a really heartening news story last night, Michael Che of Saturday Night Live fame, Mm -hmm. uh, host of the, um, um,
1: Oh, weekend update.
0: Weekend update. So Michael Che's, um, grandmother lives in some Mm -hmm. assisted housing project in some part of New York. And he, paid the rent for all of the tenants in that building Mm, Uh, i think his grandmother coronavirus actually if i'm not mistaken oh my goodness the rent you know and what what an amazing thing for a celebrity to do Um, sure lots of celebrities are just posting pictures and stories of them at home with their families and and listen the celebrity driven culture we're in we love to see that like that's great for some people but they can be doing more frankly so when you hear about something like that that that's heartwarming so it's hard. That's incredible. It's so hard to not feel scared and sad all the time, but it's so not helpful. And um, mm-hmm. I refuse to live my life like that. Mm-hmm. And I just tell everybody no, I love- to as well, if anyone wants to listen to me.
1: Sure, sure. No, I, I love what you said about everybody do what you can. Uh, one of the reasons that we came back with season two now and didn't wait, let's say for the summer to pass is we thought this would be a wonderful forum for um, therapists and life coaches and people like Ask Ellen and and musicians with a wonderful new feature we have on the show featuring singers, musicians, and artists to to just make people feel better, just to provide some comfort and solace and and uh, coping mechanisms. And so we wanted to do it now, even though it's it, it's quite a challenge to do this from a home studio, I have to tell you. But that sure. everyone can do what whatever their whatever's within their realm to do. So, for instance, we have Liz West, who is a beautiful broadcaster. And she's at home uh, sewing medical masks like by the dozens uh, every day and and sending them out to people in need. And this is a woman who's you know beautiful on air broadcaster and she's um, she's using her time to To do this and to actually use her broadcasting skills to go on Zoom and to go on lives and on you know FaceTime and Instagram et cetera, and on LinkedIn and actually show people how to create these medical these homemade medical masks. So it's you know everyone just has to you know take their own you know talents and capabilities and, and help in whatever way they can. And of course again the coming home staying home rather. Are you hopeful that we will develop a vaccine and or find a cure sooner rather than later?
0: As much as I like to think I'm an amateur doctor, as you know, when she <laughs> introduced me, she, said she asked asking medical questions. That's because I'm a pretend doctor, uh, all of it is a dangerous thing. Um I don't think the vaccine's gonna be in 2020. I think any prediction that states that is really just pie in the sky, you know, wishful thinking. But I do think there are going to be more treatments that they're going to find. Um, I think they're testing a lot of drugs and certainly the stock market shot up today because of some um, antiviral that's showing promise. So I think wow. there are going to be steps um, they're going to, that are going to be helpful in fighting the virus. I think it's going to sort of dampen down in the next month or so, and we'll have sort of a partial reopening. We may have a second wave next fall. but. Mm-hmm. I think there will be a return to normalcy and what you can hope for is that people have learned lessons from this, that, yes. you know, that we are all in this together and um, we need to start acting like, it, and I'm a little less me, 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 me focused. Absolutely.
1: So, Absolutely. Do you go on zoom, Ellen, or FaceTime? Are you finding that you're doing that? Or do you like to stick with the old fashioned telephone?
0: I've <laughs> always been an old fashioned telephone <laughs> person. Um, the zoom is fine. <laughs> i think it's pretty hilarious watching everybody in uh, in their home habitat dressed like i don't know what um, the, the gray hair situation is particularly of interest to me watching everybody slowly go gray um Unless well, i I'm unless... <laughs> excluded already, yeah, right? Yeah, no, I wish.
1: But of um, course, uh, not not to give them a plug, but there are different companies that are that make this wonderful root spray <laughs> that you can purchase at your drugstore, and you just spray your uh, your hairline with that root spray, and it does uh, go a long way. I have to tell you, I actually colored my hair by myself for the first time this week, and it was uh, and... quite an ordeal. But you know. Well, it looks pretty good. It's not as good as Frank, uh, my colorist, but it's, it looks pretty good and um, quite interesting to do it. And just watched a YouTube video, figured out how to do it, put on the gloves and the shower cap. I, I, thank goodness there were no cameras. because It would be really embarrassing. <laughs> kind of like I looked on the canoe trip, but we'll go there. We'll, we'll do that on another another episode. You are an avid reader. Have you been reading a lot lately? And are you reading anything that you're really loving right now that you could share with our listeners?
0: I just read a great book actually called um, The Dutch House by Anne Patchett. She's a great, great writer. And it's um, it was a, a, nice, a nice family story that had nothing to do with modern times. And it's great. I really, really highly recommend it. That was a really... Um, inspiring book. And I also read a book called Becoming Mrs. Lewis about Mm. the woman who loved and later married C.S. Lewis, the writer of Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe and all the Narnia series. Wow. Wow. Read in our childhood. I'm giving away my age, I think. But anyway, um, yeah. So those were two books that I would highly recommend. Yeah. I, I just find, as I've always found my entire life, that books are the best escape better than anything Uh, just takes you to a whole new place makes you think it's 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 my guilty pleasure for sure
1: It's interesting you say that because I agree with you, but I also find that to be the case with music. I recently, my daughter told me about this Broadway HD website where you actually get seven free Broadway musicals um, for the first month and just wonderful. And I watched the uh, West side story, uh, a wonderful making of the West side story with Leonard Bernstein composing for the, uh, sorry, conducting for the first time. He is the composer, but conducting for the first time with these, wonderful world-class opera stars. And at one point I literally just closed my eyes. I stopped watching and I just was swept away by this beautiful music that just sort of restores your faith and hope and humanity. And, and, and I I think again, all of us coming together, what you said earlier, all of us coming together and maybe learning some lessons from all of this that we can bring forth into, you know, when life returns to a bit of normalcy and, um, yeah, that, that, which would be what one silver lining to come out of all of this. That's actually my next question. Do you think the world is going to return to normal or will it be forever changed?
0: Oh, I think the world's going to return to normal. I think um, there's going to be a lot of pent up demand for going out, socializing, eating in restaurants, going to the theater. I mean, as I said, it might be a staged recovery, but I think the world will go back to normal. I will hug you soon when
1: i see you I really <laughs> believe be so that. Great. <laughs> no
0: I, I believe that i have to believe that and i do um.
1: it's funny you say that because i i it's so funny when i ask people what's the first thing that you want to do and you said hug and i'm so excited to hug people as well and i'm finding that to be one of the hardest things is not being able to hug
0: yeah well, it just feels surreal the whole thing this sort of distancing feels feels very surreal um one of my my oldest son is in healthcare and won't come in the house because he's in the hospital so he comes and sees us but stays in the backyard more than six feet apart i think he's into sort of the four meter distancing and um it's so strange i'm home in toronto back from new york and i can't (laughs) even get close to my son um so yeah this too shall pass i really think it will
1: I agree with you. I totally agree that this too shall pass. I always ask my guests what's the best way to contact them. And they usually give me a litany of ways to reach them, including all of their socials from their Twitter account to Instagram, Facebook, their website, YouTube channel, email, LinkedIn, phone number. And I feel that if I ask you this question, (laughs) Ellen, you will respond with zero (laughs) contact info. Am I right? You are right. I'm not a social
0: media person. Um, Yeah, I'm (laughs) <laughs> I, I won't tell you why I'm not. I, I will tell you why I'm not. I just I think it's a bit presumptuous to think that people are interested in my life. And I, I'm a private person. You know, I'm a fairly private person. Like I said, I guard my relationships fiercely and I'm kind of selective about them. But... Um, yeah, I'm not. A, I don't have social media presence, Judy. That, that <laughs> short answer is
1: zero. Like zero. So we had a great idea. This actually was my daughter's idea, Lily, who I know you have a lovely relationship with. If you have a question for Ellen about the COVID nineteen pandemic or about your relationship or your career, just write to us at Judy at dot com, or you can message me directly with your question on. At the Bliss Minute on Instagram or Facebook, and I will send your question to Ellen, and we will either read her answer on the air, or she will answer it privately, and I will send you her response. So that's just another new feature that we wanted to just introduce, and we wanted to just try out. If you have a question, as you can see, Ellen is a pretty wise uh, and, and kind soul, and um, I think she really does sort of get it and has a way of figuring things out and and making people feel better. One of the other things Ellen and I love to share is we love to go back and talk about laughs from the past, like the comic book heroes of our childhood, like little Lotta, who I'm turning into during this. (laughs) And and we always share references to words and ideas from our growing up, Ellen in Toronto and me in Montreal. And we always laugh like crazy. Maybe Ellen, when you come back, we can tell everyone about the canoe trip we took together a few years back with our husbands. And how we laughed ourselves into oblivion.
0: <laughs> I would love to. I would love to tell those stories. It'd be my pleasure.
1: That'd be so great. What is bliss for Alan Shakoff right now?
0: Bliss is the extra family time I'm getting, and bliss is being able to escape in a fantastic book. That for me is is the best medicine for this entire pandemic situation.
1: Thank you so much for being on the show today, Ellen. It really was delightful to have you. And I'm so glad we finally did this. And I really hope you will come back again sometime.
0: I would love to. Thanks so much, Judy.
1: Thank you, Ellen. We're going to a short break. And when we come back, more of Finding Your Bliss, back in a moment. we are back. This is Finding Your Bliss on Zoomer Radio, AM 740, FM 96.7. And today we are thrilled to have as our featured artist this week, Roseanne Agassi, singing a jazz favorite coming up called I've Got a Crush on You. Roseanne Agassi was a fixture for many years as a beloved host on the Shopping Channel. And now when she's not selling luxury real estate, you'll find her in a smoky jazz club singing some of the best jazz tunes of all times welcome back to Finding Your Bliss. Thanks, Judy. I'm so happy to be back with you. It's always so much fun. It's so fun. Rosie, the last time you were on the show, we were at the Zoomer studios taking fun pics on the Zoomer wall, and it really was such a different time. What is your take on what has happened to the world since COVID-19 struck?
4: Oh my goodness. The whole world has changed. Everything is... Uh... It's a shock. It's I think I think a lot of us are I think I am in a way in denial as to the breadth of of the impact of what's happened and I think we're all just getting comfortable with a new reality but it's certainly not the way it was that's for sure.
1: It's unbelievable. What are your, because you're a very healthy, sunny, positive type. What are some of your top coping tips that are really keeping you healthy and happy?
4: I find a lot of peace in just the cooking thing. I find that very meditative. I love reading. I'm writing a lot. You know, moments like that give me peace.
1: So let me ask you this what's one of your favorite things to cook these days? Because I think you're a fabulous cook. Well, we've done
4: so many uh, interesting recipes, and what we've tried to do is um, think about the menus that we go to, like uh, the restaurants that we go to, and we've tried to replicate our favorite dishes. Like, we That's made. So smart. A lemon, yeah, it, was so, it was so good. Like, we made a <laughs> lemon cream pasta from Giancarlo which was, Mm. okay, we just got a a (laughs) wonderful recipe. We made uh, an (laughs) affagiolo salad from Taroni, which was also (laughs) fantastic. And um, we've been, you know, making incredible cookies and fish dishes and, and just trying all sorts of new recipes, plus old favorites.
1: (laughs) What music are you listening to and loving these days? is, Is there any music you're really enjoying?
4: I always have jazz on in the background always <laughs> like my home I come home and there 's always all sorts of different i 've got your radio station on I have the classic jazz on a lot of that
1: that 's so great. What is bliss for you right now? oh, I think this
4: really whittles it down. You know, it's like the sieve. The entire lives go through that sieve and what comes out is really the most important thing. And for me, my bliss was always with my being with my children and my loved ones and Lily, my little dog and um, and just mm-hmm. just being safe and healthy. That's the most important thing.
1: Wonderful. Before you're, we hear your gorgeous rendition of I've Got a Crush on You, what is the best way for people to contact you?
4: They can always email me at Roseanne at com. You can get through to me via my website. It's R O S.
1: That's fantastic. And by the way, Roseanne was the best host ever on the Shopping Channel. She really made it so enjoyable and she was so glam and fun to watch and and gorgeous, of course. So without further ado, here is Roseanne Agassi singing, I've Got a Crush on You. How
5: glad the many millions of Toms and Dicks and Williams would be to capture me. But you were so persistent, you wore down my resistance. I fell. It was well You're my big and brave and handsome Romeo How I won you I will never ever know it's not that you're attractive but all my heart grew active when you Came into view I've got a Crush on you Sweetie pie oh, the day and night time hear me sigh I never had the least notion that I could fall with so much emotion could you could Cottage. we could share the world apart, well, my mush, cause I have got a crush, my baby.
1: Love that, Roseanne. That was so fabulous. Loved wow. hearing you sing that song. And thank I want to thank you. You're so welcome. Thank you so much for being on the show today. And we hope you'll come back again. And as you heard each week, we spotlight a singer, singer-songwriter, or musician on the show. So if you are a singer and you want to be considered to appear on Finding Your Bliss Radio, please write to us at music at findingyourbliss.com. Roseanne Agassiz, thanks so much for joining us. My pleasure is
4: always Judy, be healthy and be safe.
1: The same to you, take care. I would like to thank all of my wonderful guests for being here today, Allison Panzer, Ellen Chaykoff and Roseanne Agassi. I would also like to thank the supervising producer, Meg Ruffman, production manager, Siobhan Kylie, production assistant researcher and editor, Haley Allegia, audio producer Faz Kazi and everyone here at Zoomer to stay in touch and up to date with all of the latest in bliss news. And for your daily dose of positivity, follow us at the bliss minute on Instagram and Facebook. And also we invite you to go to our magazine at findingyourbliss.com. As always, I would like to close out the show with a short meditation. But today I'm reading a beautiful poem called "Words of Loving Kindness" in the days of COVID nineteen that Allison Panzer sent to me. Gently close your eyes and take in a deep breath, right in, and breathe out. And here it is: May you be happy and content. May you be safe and protected. May you be healthy and strong. May you be free from suffering and live each day with peace. Open your eyes, stretch and yawn, and wishing you a wonderful day. For all of us here at Finding Your Bliss, I'm Judy Liebrach, reminding you all to take one step closer to finding your bliss.
0: This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air.